All right. There are so many ways I could go with this. <laughs> and so that's kind of what was happening last night. I was, I was praying, and I'm like, Lord, you know, what do you want to speak to your people? How do you, what do you want me to say? Because there's so much. You know, just as you guys know, I like to connect the dots, and there's details in between every dot. And uh, so I will try to, I mean, how, what time is it? How long do I have? Somebody's going to have to time me, okay? <laughs> um, but can you guys relate to any of that? <laughs> I mean... When I, when I saw that, the video of what it looks like in the spiritual realm, I thought, oh my gosh, Lord, that is like what I feel, right? So I didn't finish explaining what I was talking about with the giftings, right? Um, one of my giftings that I have that is very dominant is uh, the gift of mercy, and the Lord recently highlighted, you know, we read these verses like 101 million times, right? And sometimes we read it as we're reading like a Sunday menu buffet. You know, we just pick and choose what we want and then read it. But we've read it so many times that we don't really take it to heart. And the Lord began to take me in this process of really understanding his word, something so fierce. And he said, I don't want you to just read this word. I want you to feel it. I want you to understand my heart in it. And because God is so multifaceted, he takes us from glory to glory, even in what we read, because it's his word, right? He says, let me just make sure I say this right first before I go any further. I have a lot of verses for you guys, so there will be <laughs> verses uh, next week that you guys can take home with you. Make it all pretty via Jason. Thank you. Okay, so um, lots of verses that I could go every which way. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to, what verses do you want me to pull out? And he's like, oh wait, there'll be time for that. Because he knows how much I love getting in front of you guys and speaking. So he's going to make me do it again. I'm excited. You know, he's, he's, He's taking us all through a process, right? He's growing us. He's, he's bringing us into that fullness, that full maturity of who he is, right? And so each one of us is that multifaceted piece of his heart, right? And so we each have a word, and that's why words are so powerful. Words are so powerful. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So when we read the Bible, we're not just reading a book. We are reading his activated word. And it is a double-edged sword, and sometimes it does pierce. Most of the time it pierces me, and I'm like, ah, convict all the time. Convict, convict, convict. Not condemn, but convict. The enemy condemns. And so I really, I wanted to, to share those videos with you guys because gift of mercy, discerning the spirits. I read that verse about discerning the spirits 101 million times. 
just recently, a couple weeks ago, it just popped off the page, discerning the spirits. And I'm like, oh, I never really read that before. Oh, I get it now because he's teaching me. I'm in the process of understanding what that gifting really means. You know, and I believe we can ask for all the giftings, right? And that's what I did one time. Don't ever do that, please. For the love of Jesus, do not (laughs) ask for all the giftings. If you don't know what they're about, or if you don't truly understand them, because it's like the flood of heaven and the flood of hell collide. That's what I feel. And when I say that, it's very dramatic, but it feels dramatic. Like, I'm not kidding. And that video was a perfect example of what it, I sense see, right? So I can sense it, I can feel it. A lot of times, um, I don't know the words to say because I'm feeling so many different words in the room. You know when Jesus, it, it talks about Jesus knew their thoughts, right? I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a psychic. But if we are to be, to walk with Jesus and to bear his image and resonate his light, we also are that. And so we're coming into a season where we have to understand the enemy's schemes, not focus on the enemy, okay, because believe me, you don't want to do that. Don't do that. But understanding what God's word says. What does his word say? In Ephesians 6, it talks about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities of this world. Satan is the God of the air. The atmosphere. The atmosphere is changing now. The atmosphere changes. And by the words that we speak, because the word, if we are bearing his image, we want to bear his words. We want to speak life over people, not death. And the Lord began to take me into this process where I could literally feel words spoken over me. And it hurts. You know that that saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words are never hurt? Okay, apparently they didn't know Jesus. Okay, they didn't. And they didn't understand. You know, I get it. It's a kid's thing. You know, well, words are never going to hurt you. The sticks and stones will. I believe that's why God points out in his word all through Proverbs, all through Proverbs, it talks about words, the words that we speak. And the Lord began to take me to, through this process to his word. It says, now read it with this understanding of what you're feeling and what you're going through. I began to ask and cry out, God, what am I feeling? This isn't me. People would say, well, do you have any unforgiveness? 
I'm like, no, I've forgiven. I don't know, maybe. So then I'd repent. I'd be like, Lord, that's why the courts of heaven, guys, if you have not experience the courts of heaven, I encourage you to take Christine's class because what she does is she takes you through a process of understanding and seeing the truth behind the lies of the enemy and the accusers that stand day and night to accuse us. That's what Satan means is the accuser. Our words can bring life or they can bring death. There was one time I kind of had that sense thing going on and I saw this vision of, and this is probably kind of morbid, so I apologize, but this is what I saw. I mean, I can't say it any other way, politically correct. Um, I saw one time there was a chain. One time there was a rope around my neck, around others' necks. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, it's the words that are being spoken over people. It's the words that they're speaking over themselves. And I'm giving this burden to you, not to be Debbie Downer, but I'm giving it to you because you know how important it is. So I want to read to you a couple scriptures that the Lord highlighted to me. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Those who love it will eat its fruits. So then I began to see like this eagle eye view of all these different relationships, you know, we have our spheres of influence, then we have others, then we have people on Facebook that are jabbering at each other, speaking these words of death, you know, over our president, our government, over people that have hurt us, that have betrayed us. I don't think Jesus ever spoke a bad word over Judas. And he betrayed him. So fierce. And there are times when we just get so frustrated in our spirit that we feel like we just have to say something about someone. I'm so mad. Ah. But how do we feel? How do we ourselves feel after we've said something about it to someone else? Do you have like that gut check that says, maybe I shouldn't be talking about this? The Lord said, I want you to comfort yourself in me. There was a time when I was going through this deep um, pruning in the wilderness moment. I kind of talked about it when we did the women's conference. And I talked about that wilderness moment briefly and there was things, I just felt, I felt the tension. And I'm like, what am I feeling, God? Why am I feeling this way? Is it me? 
Did I do something wrong? I don't know. And I felt that rejection. And I felt that hurt. And I was getting physically sick, like physically ill. It hurt. My muscles were like tensing up and spasming all the time. And I'm like, God, what is going on? And he took me into that secret place in that wilderness moment to just be with him. And it was hard. Hard season. But in that season, he taught me how to love like Jesus loved. He taught me how to just rest in him. And I said, God, but I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. He said, I was rejected, and so you will be. But it's people that I love. How do you think I felt when my disciples rejected me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And feed my sheep. He taught me how to not worry about what I was feeling, but asking him, what am I feeling? Not asking, why me, God? But saying, why not? Because I've given you an important role. He always takes me back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33.3 was what brought me back, but that's a whole other sermon for later. So I won't go there. But Jeremiah 1.5 talks about, I knew you before you were ever born. And Jeremiah goes through this process. He's, he's considered the weeping prophet, which everybody knows. I cry, right? Uh, but he, he didn't want, the Lord told him, I want you to speak. I want you to be the prophet to the nations. Those words. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Nope. I don't want to. He's like, look, if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, Okay. <laughs> Do it. Yes, Lord. So I'm up here. But, but he, he said, I want you to speak. I want you to speak. They wouldn't listen to him. He, he had all of these doubts, all of these fears. And I'm sure that he had words that were spoken over him that he wasn't good enough. You know, I want to read this to you. Sorry, it's a little dirty, so just don't pay attention to that. You don't have to come up to it. It says, children learn what they live, right? We're all God's children, right? I have this, um, this word that the Lord gave me about children. And for us to have that childlike faith... And he began to show me that when it talks about the children, it's not just talking about little children. It's talking about his children. 
And so when I read this, this was hanging on my wall forever since Ivan and I first got together. It says, children learn what they live. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with security, he learns to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, he learns to find love in the world. Now we know that our love comes from God. And we know that his word is very powerful. And so when we come together as a body of Christ, we are that ironing, sharpening iron. And the words that we speak are so very powerful. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Have you ever um, been in a place and felt like this oppression? Like it just felt like there was a pastor this past weekend, he mentioned it as um, that negative energy, right? It's like static electricity. I can feel that. It sucks. But it's that time where you go, okay, God, what am I feeling? But a lot of times, you know, he had mentioned, he said, when two people are arguing, right? It's like that. That's your visual. Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The past, I don't know, couple weeks, the Lord has been taking me through a deeper time of learning um, discerning the spirits. And so I just saw this chaos all around, and I began to weep. And I said, Lord, what's going on? You know, where, where it, I know it is supposed to be, it is not. I know where you're taking it, it is not. So what's going on? And he said, I'm showing you what it's like in the spirit. And I want you to speak on it. And we each have a word to share with one another. We each have this chance in this season as God is taking us. He's going to take us from glory to glory. He wants to. He wants us to have such an intimate relationship with him 
that there's nothing around us that can disturb our peace, our shalom in him. But we have to, in this season, as a body of Christ, understand what his word says and take those steps to seek him deeper. Because we are coming into that place where we are coming into that fullness of of who Christ is. And if we don't understand what that looks like or what that means, then we'll just be fighting with words with one another, you know? He wants peace. So what are the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah, yeah. That's something that he was showing me just a couple of, um, a couple of weeks ago when all of us started. He said, Rachel... Because I had to step back. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? I said, I'm feeling too much. I'm overwhelmed. I was getting frustrated in my spirit. I said, this isn't me. And I cried out to God. And I said, God, please. I don't want a hardened heart. He said, Rachel, you will know them by their fruits. What are your fruits right now? Are they joy? Is it peace? Is it patience? Is it kindness? Is it self-control? Is it rotten fruit? What's rotten fruit? (laughs) Works of the flesh, right? And so I'm going to have a chart for you guys um, next week. I'll hand it out. Um, That shows you know, the fruits of the Spirit versus works of the flesh so that we can have a visual and an understanding of, hey, if I'm not at peace, like, what's going on, God? And asking those questions of Him, not to other people, but of Him, because He wants that intimate relationship with us so deep and something so fierce. He says, I am calling you as deep calls to deep. I'm putting this burden on your heart because it's my heart. And I want you to see that love. I want you to bear that image of who I am. We have to know who Christ is. We have to know that his word is good. His word was in the beginning. If, if we, Lord, put that on my heart one day, he goes, Rachel, if I made you in my image and I spoke the world into existence, don't you think that the words that you speak or that you speak over others doesn't have a spiritual effect? And then we see this chaos. And the Lord, I was, 
I was like crying out to God, and I said, Lord, and I was just praying, and I was interceding for everybody, and I was like, God, what's going on? And he said, you just stay in peace. And I saw these tornadoes all around me, the chaos, the whirlwind. And I was standing there, and I was in this complete and utter joy. He said, that's where I want you, that nothing no words spoken over you. I encourage you guys in the morning when you get up, command your morning. Christine and them, they talk about commanding your morning. You know, break words spoken over you. It does have a spiritual effect. We are the body, we're knitted together. Our words. Matthew 12, 36 says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Every word. Proverbs 16, 24. I was like, God, is there any word in your word that talks about the body? Right? Because here I am, I'm feeling these words, and it's weird. Is there anything that talks about healing? Words healing? Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. We're coming into a season where we have to understand these things. We can't go forward in this season anymore just doing church as usual. Because we won't make it if we're not intertwined with God. If we're not... I was talking to Jason one day about friendly fire. Friendly fire. You know, who knows what friendly fire is? What is friendly fire? Say it out. Friendly fire. But what's friendly fire? Yeah. Yeah, by accident. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so what, what's happening, right, in the spirit is we're speaking these words over people of life or death. And we have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, the Lord had me take that apart. And he said, even your thoughts produce life or death. Yeah, Christine said, as a man thinketh, so he is, right? So we want to bring life to the body, right? Life. The whole body if we, as the body of Christ, come together and edify one another, 
You know, I've heard it said before, well, you know, you just want to die to yourself. Yes, you want to die to yourself, right? What is dying to yourself? It's not thinking about those negative thoughts about ourselves or about others. That's dying to yourself. Dying to yourself is looking at Jesus and the way that he walked, the way that he talked, the way that he was, and saying, I need to be like that. You know? It's just as simple as that. It's going to your neighbor, like it says in Matthew 18, like, hey, you know what? This happened, or you said this to me, and I just want to let you know that it hurt me. But then somebody will say, well, you shouldn't get offended. Well, you shouldn't hurt me. And, ugh, you know, and it goes back and forth, and it's like, but if you know that it hurts me, why would you do it? Why would you say those things? You know, is it producing life? He said, Rachel, I want you to always produce life, no matter what the cost. We want, it, I don't even remember what verse it was, but um, it is one of my favorite verses that talks about um, thinking, uh, what is it, thinking of others better than yourself. So, um, I want to go into some things. So I'm going to share with you. You know, Ivan and I were having a little tiff one day recently because it, you know, never happens. Um, well, don't ever say that it doesn't happen because the time that you say that it doesn't happen, it will happen. Because that thing about like, oh, you're a teacher? You shouldn't be a teacher because guess what? You're going to be, yeah. don't judge people because you will be judged in the same manner, same measure. Sorry. Okay, so that's a whole nother sermon because that you have to like expand on that because yes, you judge, but anyway. Yeah, so you're, yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I mean? Okay, so I'm going to take you around to another thing that the Lord showed me um, about, well, we'll go there in a minute. Hold on. So we were having a little tiff, and I was like, I'm not saying nothing because nothing's going to get through. So I'm just going to write. So we went over to Meads, and we just sat down, and the Lord is like, I want you to start writing. So I just start writing, and I start, um, I'm like, what is the definition of value? Like, he's been having me do these things. God's been having me do these things where I just look up the definition and really, truly understand what his word is saying. You know, I didn't go into all the Greek or, you know, any of the other stuff, but just Webster's Dictionary. Okay, so... The Lord was like, I want you in your words to value people, to honor people, to respect people. Honor, honor, the glory of God. Definition of value. The regard that something is held to deserve. The importance, worth, or usefulness of something. Consider 
someone or something to be important or beneficial, have high opinion of. Definition of honor. High respect, esteem, regard with great respect, to give special recognition, to regard or treat with admiration and respect. Definition of respect. A feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. So the reason why I feel like the Lord was having me look that up is because, and it was so crazy, because we went to listen to this pastor, and everything that he was talking about was what I had written down. It was only like not even an hour before we went to go see this, this pastor speak. And he was talking about honor and respect. And he was just talking about how in a culture of the body of Christ, God gets all the glory when we honor one another. God gets all the glory when we respect his body. We are each a member of the body. A head doesn't do what a heart does, and a heart doesn't do what the hands do, but together they make up the whole body. And the words that speak life or death, we are killing our body. And each one is so valuable. Each one is so important. And we're all a piece of the puzzle. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words do hurt too. I had like a whole poem. I really wanted to read that, but I don't know where it went. Um, so I just, I believe that there are some things that the Lord wanted me to share just how that can get off course, okay? Um, to be able to see how the enemy can come in and try to disrupt and sow discord into the body because I think it's very, very important in this season to come to understand so that we can say, nope, no, this is not happening to, to your people, Father, you have all the authority and all the power. And it does us no good to not say something. Lord, show me that by not saying something during that time and letting it go, we're not only hurting ourselves, but we're hurting others. You know? Because the offense, the hurt can bring death to the, literally, it can make you physically ill. Because what we're doing is we're allowing the enemy to come into not only our lives, but others' lives by the words that we speak. Because generally, what happens? What happens when you have an offense? What happens when somebody says something that, that hurts you? Nine times out of ten, you know, we're not going to God first. We're going to everybody else. And what that does is that causes disrespect, sows discord, 
and disruption, and many of the church, many people have fallen away because they are tired of dealing with the church. So when we stand up and we say, no, we are not going to allow this to happen in our people, in our body, in God's kingdom, we're going into on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to see everything from that heavenly perspective through the mind of Christ. So in that wilderness moment, and I'll wrap it up after this, um, in that wilderness moment, the Lord began to show me. I'm like, God, why can't you show me like rainbows and butterflies and, you know, happy things? I know. He did. And rainbows. Okay. Guess I get the good with the bad. Yay. <laughs> yes. Okay, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything the good and the bad. It all produces maturity. So he showed me. As I was down on my hands and knees, crying out to God and said, Lord, what's happening? You know, there's, there's a position from heaven in Jeremiah that talks about the wailing women. That's me. That's me. So he said, Rachel, there are, there are things that I'm going to show you that I want you to understand. Because I was about to back away. So it's too much. It's too much, God. What would have happened if Jesus said it's too much? Like Christine was talking about that cup. He could have been like, you know what? I'm going to pass that cup to somebody else. But God is saying, no, I choose you and you and you and you and you and you and you to bear the cup that you've been given. To bear those burdens, to give them back to God. I'm, by me being up here, I'm giving this back to God. He's given me the burden to give back to him. And he's growing each of us as a body as iron sharpens iron. So everything, every word that we speak, everything that we go through has a purpose. There's a reason for the season that we go through. Everything. And it's, it's so that we can be the true body. So he's showing me all these things. I'm like freaking out. Lord, really? He's like, Rachel, I'm going to show you a verse that you've read a couple times. But I want you to go deeper. And it's Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. And it was interesting because I said, Lord, what is happening to your body? Like, why is it that there's all this chaos in the whole body? It's like everywhere you turn, there's this chaos and discord. 
my heart grieved. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was grieving. He said, there are seven things that I hate. I said, really? What's that? So haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict within the body, who sows discord. And he began to take me through, and I actually, I was, I was writing, I had this vision of writing this blog, but it always just goes onto Facebook, so it's really not a blog, I don't know what it is. It's my notes, I have notes up there that I write. And this was one of the things that I started writing, but it's still in my drafts. So you can look at that later one day when I post it. But he had me like go into the definitions of what all this is, right? He said, these are things that I hate. No, I detest. I was like, man, Lord, that's, that's a pretty strong word. I don't see anywhere else that it says hate in the Bible. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not like seeing it. I don't know. But he said, do you know why I hate these things? I was like, why? Because those are the characteristics of Lucifer when he fell from heaven. When we align ourselves with any of these things, haughty eyes is pride. Arrogant, superior, disdainful, proud, pompous, condescending, scornful. Feeling or expressing contempt. Mocking, disrespect, snide. Lots of things, you know. There's more to that, lots of stuff. Um, discord, sowing discord, gossip. Talking about things that have nothing to do with anybody else, you know. But expressing how mad you are. we got to be giving that to God. You know, and I, believe me, I have been convicted about this too. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, God. But that's when he began to show me what it does in the spiritual. And how we are giving the enemy open doors when we do these things. You know, and, and that's why I said, you know, Christine's class, it brings light to a lot of these things. Because the accusers will speak. Pride, guilty. Arrogance, guilty. Offenses, hurt, shame. Words spoken over. Disrespect. Devalue. We bring life or death because we bear the image of God.
If we're not bringing life, we are not aligning with God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And if Job was a quote-unquote righteous man, how much more when we sin, when we do these things, are we allowing the enemy to come in and mess with not only our lives but others? All this stuff comes from our words. It starts with the word. So we're either aligning with the enemy's lies and the words, the whispers that he speaks over us, or what God says about us and others. What is truth? You are life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. We're laying it all down at the foot of the cross. At the foot of the cross. We're bringing our worry and our shame and our guilt and our hurts and our offenses and we lay it down right now. And we give it to Jesus. Father, God, I thank you. I thank you for the hurt. God, I thank you for the pain. I thank you for your love that sustains us. I thank you for it all, all of the struggles, because we know that you are always right there with us in that secret place. And all that we overcome, you've called us overcomers because Jesus overcame the cross. And through all of that, through us carrying our cross day and day out with you, We know that your yoke is light. So Father, produce that character and that perseverance in us that only you can produce. Father, there are many stories in your word, many truths, where you allowed things to prune us of those things that would hinder us from coming and seeing you face to face. You said the pure in heart will see you. When we come to you with that childlike faith, Father, we thank you for all that we've done in you and through you we thank you for all that you've done in us. We thank you for your will and your ways. Father, your word says 
that your ways are not our ways and our thoughts, or your thoughts are not our thoughts. But your word says that we, as your children, we will know because we have your Holy Spirit inside of us. So Father, I ask if there's anything that would hinder us from completely resonating your light and your love, your life. Father, I ask that you just convict our hearts. Father, we replace our mind with your mind, our thoughts with your thoughts, our heart with your heart, our hands with your hands, and our feet with your feet so that we can go out and be about our Father's business. Your business, Father. Abba, we love you. We thank you for all that you are. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.